Deep down inside, you know family life should be fun, but also have purpose. However, somewhere along the way, your values, your beliefs, and the expectations you had for your family have gotten lost in the midst of everyday life. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're on a mission to help you become the family you were meant to be. Whether you've been a parent for a while, just starting out, or thinking of becoming one, this podcast will inspire you to design and create a thriving family culture. Everyone values something. Once you've identified what it is that you value, you are better able to make it show up in your life, allowing you to be successful in what matters to you the most. Welcome to the Family Culture Project, Episode 7. Today we'll be taking a look at how values create clarity and success in the workplace, but also in your families. In Episode 6 of the podcast, we talked about what values are and why they're important. And then we walked you through a few simple steps that help you determine yours. In that episode, we also touched on how values impacted our family. Now, today, we're going to take a big picture look of the positive impact that embracing our values had. If you're not quite convinced that this work of identifying your values is worth doing, we hope you will by the end of this episode. Carl, can you remind us what values are and what they have to do with culture in the workplace? Sure. If culture is the underlying personality of your organization, the essence of how people interact and work, then your values are the why of how you live and what you do. It is the framework of culture. According to Francis Fry and Ann Morris at the Harvard Business Review, culture guides discretionary behavior and it picks up where the employee handbook leaves off. Culture tells us how to respond to an unprecedented service request. It tells us whether to take a risk telling our boss about a new idea. And whether to surface or hide problems, employees make hundreds of decisions on their own every day, and culture is our guide. Culture tells us what to do when the CEO isn't in the room, which of course is most of the time. A company's unique combination of values becomes culture. A strong culture takes the guesswork out of the daily grind. You know, as a busy mom, I love the potential this has for families. We make decisions all the time. And when values drive culture, it provides clarity, which has been a game changer for me. Many of the decisions that need to be made, I make on my own. And I can do that with confidence because our culture here at home provides the framework. Understanding my values and knowing how to apply them to my life eliminates time, stress, and guesswork that would otherwise slow me down and cause me to get stuck. You know, years ago, when I was a stay-at-home mom and wasn't working and wasn't writing and blogging. I used to volunteer for everything. And that's because I could. I was home with my kids, and when they were at school, I had the opportunity to go into their classrooms. I could go in for library duty. I could go in for lunch breaks. I could help out wherever they needed. When somebody asked me to do something, I always said yes. You know, after a while, it became a drag. And it wasn't because I didn't want to be doing the things that I was asked to do. It wasn't because I didn't like to go into my children's class. It was because I wasn't doing some of the other things that were important to me, like writing and creating art and even self-care. I was keeping myself so busy doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Eventually, I was able to set boundaries and say no to things that I felt wasn't that I wasn't enjoying anymore. But then a few years later, a girlfriend of mine asked me if I was interested in chairing the TREPS entrepreneurship program. And at first I thought, oh my gosh, this is such a big responsibility and such a big job. I don't know if I want to do it. 
But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that this, this lined up with our values. This was something that I could get excited about and get behind. And here's why. Biblical financial stewardship is a top value for our family. You might be asking, what does that mean? So we believe that we have a responsibility to steward what we have well. We believe we're supposed to be spending wisely. For our, for our family, it's important that we increase our income, our resources, and our wealth so that we can be generous to others. And then it goes a step further. It's important for us to pass that legacy on to our children by teaching them how to handle money wisely. I could get excited about teaching kids how to handle money. And so this here was an opportunity for me to say yes to something that lined up with my values. Volunteering to chair this program was an easy yes. That's because my daughter had participated in the program that previous year. The program basically consists of six weeks of students learning how to create a product or service, learning how to put together a business plan, learning how to market, advertise, and learning how to sell what they've created. All the efforts culminate in a marketplace. So I was excited not only about the program, but I was excited about teaching kids to handle money, to create businesses. This program definitely took a lot of time and energy, but it was worth it because it lined up with our values. Yeah, no, th- th- this this program um, hit on many of our values, and, and really the whole family has gotten involved in it. I um, it was recruited by the chairman, my wife, <laughs> to run the marketplace, and it's really been fun. Um, you know, I, I had to get sponsorship. I had to get all the, the, the table set up and layout, um, deal with all of the needs for electricity, um, work with the school, um, the school and the superintendents at the school on coordinating everything, but also working with some of the parent volunteers to help set up and break down. But it's been a great, um, it's been a great thing for us as a family because again, the biblical stewardship of money, um, very important, but it speaks to integrity as well, integrity in your business, but also speaks to working hard, um, and being creative. So there's many things about this that made it a super easy yes for us. And we've done it now, I guess for six years, and we're probably going to do it at least until our children are out of this school. And so each of our kids have been through the program. And now my oldest daughter, she helps me teach the classes and they volunteer with setup and breakdown. And so collectively as a family, it's not just something that I do. It's something that we do and it's driven by our values so we can get excited about it. This is a great example and it really speaks to what we're, what we're trying to um, make sure our listeners understand, which is, you know, decisions are no longer just arbitrary. Yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I have some time. I'll, I'll, I'll do every program you ask me to do. Or I'll do everything you ask me to do as long as I can fit it in some way, shape, or form. Um, even, even when those things were taking you away from things that were core to what you wanted to do. Um, and, and, it, and it puts you into a position where it's easy to say yes to things and no to things with confidence. And even like you mentioned, the fact that you've got to make a lot of decisions on your own day to day when I'm not here. And, and the reason you feel confident doing that without checking in with me um, is that you know that it fits in with our with our culture, with our family values. And it's easy for you to say, yeah, this is a no brainer decision. I don't I, I can do it with confidence and, and day-to-day decisions. Um, just be, just, just, just make your life go a lot easier and you can, pretty much can't live without it. 
Um, there's many things that we do in life to fill in the gaps, to keep us busy, but we all know that busy does not equal happiness. And it's, it's you're, when you're doing things with purpose and value and you're serving others, that's what's going to keep you as a family unit cohesive and, and enjoying life and enjoying um, the journey um, along the way. So we really encourage you to determine to go through these steps, to determine what your values are, and look at the benefits that you're going to get out of this day in and day out, week in and week out, and and things that you used to agonize over are going to become super clear, and you're not going to waste time thinking, should I have done this or shouldn't I have done that? Um, You're going to know this is the right thing to do, and and it's going to, even if it's hard work, like Kimberly said, this, this program took a lot of effort. Um, it's gotten easier over the years, but it's gotten easier because we love it and it fits in well and, and it just goes so smoothly because we, we're, we're so invested in it and it's not just something to do to stay busy. This is something to do that, that, that fits right in mm-hmm. with our core values and, and, and I think that comes through in how we run it. We started talking to our kids about wise money spending about when they were very young. So, you know, our children are older now. So a lot of the things we share on the podcast, I mean, they're old enough to do on their own. And you may be wondering, well, my kids aren't old enough to get involved in what I'm volunteering in. And so I just wanted to share with you about how when my kids were very, very little, when they were four years old, I started to teach them about how to give 10%, how to save 10%, and then how they could spend the rest of it. I taught them how to be good consumers. They might have had like $2 in their pocket, but I would take them to the dollar store so that they could practice making good purchases. They've been doing extra chores around the house to to earn money um, since they were little, you know. For years, we did lemonade stands where, you know, I would do all the work, but we'd go out and sit in the front yard and people would buy, you know, lemonade from them. So, you know, our kids, since they were very, very little, have been taught this particular value that's important to us. So now that they are, you know, 11 and 12 and 14, it's, it's, it's a no brainer for them to be involved in this program because, it's the language of our family. The cult, it's the culture of our family. It's it's important to us. It's what we've talked about over the years. You know, the opposite of knowing what to say yes to is also knowing and having the confidence on what you can say no to. So, for example, since I do this particular program at the school and it lines up with our values and it lines up with my passion, I don't have to feel guilty about saying no to bake sales, about saying no to the book fair. You know, none of these volunteers' opportunities are bad things. They're just not for me and my family, and it it would stress us out and take time away from the things that matter to us if I volunteered for these other things. So the key here is intention. What matters to me? What can I leave to others? Because that's what they're passionate about. And what should we do? And how? where should we contribute? And where should we spend our time? We talk about this you know, in, in, in work as well. I tell it, people that work for me is that it's easy to stay busy. But you need to stay busy doing things that are actually adding value either to you, to the firm. But obviously, ultimately, if it's adding value to you, it's adding value to the firm. So it's easy to stay busy, but you need to stay busy with purpose. You know, and I think one of the great things about living out our values and using that as a framework and what we say yes to and what we say no to is that it demonstrates to our kids 
that what we say is important to us is worth our time and attention. And I think especially nowadays, you know, even with our children, there are so many things that vie for their attention. There's so many activities that they could be doing, so many sports, so many after-school programs. So there's just a lot. And for them to be able to see that we are... Um, intentional about making decisions, that we are particular about the things we say yes to and we say no to. It sets a good precedent for them and it shows them how to be better decision makers as they get older. Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, you're right. And it's a journey. The important point is here is you got to start somewhere. So regardless of how old your kids are um, or if they're older now, you can start this. It doesn't, it's not something that you have, um, lost time on, meaning that you can always make the the start in this program now. Kids get it quickly. Mm-hmm. Kids learn languages quick for a reason. They learn things quickly. This will be the language of your family. Seeing these guys make decisions, you know, and they're really thinking things through and really weigh, weighing our values mm-hmm. as it relates to decisions that they're making um, is, very, is very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just rewarding as a parent it's just it makes family life a lot more enjoyable interesting yeah and it gives you confidence because i know as my children get older especially with my oldest just being three years away from college to be able to understand that she has the ability to make decisions correctly not because things are expected of her or not because everybody else is doing them um really gives me confidence that she's going to be okay you know the, the thing that we've talked about before is being able to make those decisions um, when when you don't have somebody to check in with, whether you don't have time to check in with me and you're making decisions mm-hmm. or our children are making decisions all the time, those core values are influencing those decisions. And that doesn't mean they're perfect or they make or we make decisions great all the time. But when you make get it wrong, you pretty much know it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you know why. You just don't know that it's wrong. You know that it doesn't fit in with our core values. And, and, it, and it's easy then to correct off of that. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about how understanding your values provides clarity. But besides clarity, it also makes it possible for you to be successful. So Carl, do you want to tell us a little bit more about this, how it applies to business? Yeah, there's a couple couple examples I think that helps bring this home as it relates to business is that, you know, there's two, a couple firms I was thinking of, um, L&L Bean being one of them. And their core value statement is sell good merchandise at a reasonable profit. Think about that reasonable profit, mm-hmm. not like gorge the customer profit. Treat your customers like human beings, meaning that give them excellent customer service all of the time. Mm-hmm. Treat them like you would want to be treated. And they will always come back for more. And what that Mm -hmm. means is longevity of a company, a company that's going to grow, a company that's going to continue to have repeat buyers, right? So these these customers are coming back and buying because the core values that's ingrained within that company and the employees. Values helps you measure your success. Now, I am pretty sure just by looking at this core value statement that L.L. Bean does not measure their success by how much they make versus how much X, Y, and Z company makes. Their success is determined by their value. So if they have repeat customers, customers that are coming back, the customers that bought their clothes there and their their shoes and their outerwear when they were in college and are now bringing their kids back to buy their snow boots and their shoes. I mean, that to me is how you measure success because what it's doing is they're able to look at their values and they're saying, yeah, our value is to treat customers excellent so that they'll come back and that's what 
we're seeing and that's success. And so there's more ways to measure your success, I guess, in business than just the, the, the amount that you're making. Absolutely. Because that speaks to their longevity. If you think about it, they're just, they're looking for a reasonable profit, right? Which means they want to pay their employees well as well, right? Their employees are going to treat the customers well. They're going to have continued profit growth at a reasonable pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to continue to grow their, 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 the size of their business because then they're able to employ more folks mm-hmm. and so forth, right? And build their business through that word of mouth mm-hmm. from their customers to other customers. And they're going to build their business that way. Again, sticking with reasonable profit, right? Mm-hmm. You never feel great about a purchase if you know you really wanted to have it, but you know it costs like three times more than it probably should have or two times mm-hmm. more. You After you've had, took in that product and if you didn't have great customer service going along with it, you might not buy that ever again. Mm-hmm. And, and they're measuring themselves on customer satisfaction and repeat customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and today's day and age, obviously, it's easy to track repeat customers, but they have a strong... You can only be successful in this kind of a company for this long with all the competition that's out there mm-hmm. if you have repeat customers. Yeah, so the values creates the culture, and then the culture creates the framework. And so if things start to go awry, they can always go back to that framework. They always can go back to their values, and they can reset themselves. And that's wonderful. That ha- That gives that gives them confidence and that gives them ease to achieve the success they want. Businesses, organizations, they typically have tangible goals like we talked about. Sometimes it's sales numbers, sometimes it's units sold, sometimes it's people impacted. You know, personally as a family, we don't have those types of goals. However, I can look at my calendar and when I see alignment with my values and I'm seeing my calendar reflect those values, then I know that I'm living my best life. We talked about what was important to us in terms of biblical financial stewardship. So for me, it's I'm passionate about passing the legacy of wise money management onto my children. And so being a part of this program, I am passing that also onto children that are not my own. And so I can again look at my value and I can say, wow, I I am being successful in this area. I my calendar, my time, my impact points back to my value. It helps me to look back even over the last few years and not have regret over how I spent my time. As I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts, I think um, I spoke a little bit about the CEO or the business head that that says they value work-life balance, but yet their day-to-day life, they're working really late. They're working on the weekends. They're calling you on the weekends. They have unrealistic deadlines. So it's just speaking of value and living the value is different. So if you speak of value, but you're not living that way, it, it really means nothing. And so as a result, that value is not built into culture. So just like values trickle down from a CEO to an employee, the values and the habits that parents have trickle down to their children and they even rub off onto other family members. So here are two things that you can do. First is examine where you are now. Ask yourself this question. What do my actions say my values are? Then take a look at your calendar and are the appointments and the activities aligned with your values? Ask yourself, how am I spending my time, my money, my energy, and am I happy with the results? Do I feel good about the places where I'm spending my time? Or do I feel like I don't have enough time to actually get to those things that I say are really important? And number two, you want to determine where you want to be. What are you passionate about? What do you want to be known for? 
What do you want to make time for that you haven't made time for before? The Core Values Inventory Kit will help with that. You'll find more details about that resource in the show notes. In order for this framework to serve you well, you cannot be multiple versions of yourself. What that really means is that I can't have integrity at work and not have integrity as I live my life with my family, with my wife, with my children. It's only effective when you live out these values in pretty much everything you do, at home, at work, at play. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you get it right all the time. Now to recap, values are the why of how you live and what you do. And when you live out those values consistently in your everyday, they define your culture. Values provide clarity, which allows you to have success and live your best life. And if you want to get a sense if you're living out your values, just take a look at your calendar and figure out if the places that you're spending your time, money, and energy line up with what you say is important. So your next step is to make your values memorable, portable, and actionable. On our next episode, we'll take you through those steps. And remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We'd love for you to help us get the word out about the show by sharing it with a friend or writing a review on iTunes. To learn more about The Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter, which will include show notes, resources, and bonus content.